0: I once read a book, Everything I Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. By the same author, Robert Fulgram, I also read his second book, It Was on Fire When I Lay Down on It. I've heard many, many people say, I wish every human I dealt with was more like my dog. And I'm going to demonstrate and then tell you today why, while I love my pets, I'm glad that not every human I deal with, is like my dog. But I'm also gonna explain a principle to you of leadership about leading the erratic with grace yet firmness. Today on Leading Leaders, stay tuned. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. This is Sandy. This is my morning walking buddy. When Mom and I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and we go for a walk, Miss Sandy is my walking buddy. And Sandy, as you can see, is a bit of a beast. She likes to pull on the leash, and she doesn't always go in a straight line. In fact, I don't think she ever goes in a straight line. Her, her walking is much more like, uh, like a moth flies. She walks a lot more like a moth flies. This morning on our walk... As the season is changing a little bit, there are little butterflies that are finding themselves into the little flowers in the top of the grass, and everybody's starting to water their lawns again now that we've had some rain, and so these little butterflies are everywhere. And can you imagine a dog that size that doesn't like to walk in a straight line to begin with, now thinking that she needs to catch and eat every butterfly that pops up out of the grass? Now, we walk in the dark. We walk about 5 o'clock in the morning, 5.15-ish. And when we do our quick mile, she loves to wander. We're getting close to stay in your spot, meaning I'll walk on the sidewalk, you walk on the grass right next to me. But it's still very erratic. She is often all over the place. And even when I jog, she wants to go a little faster than I'm going. She doesn't care how fast I am. She wants to prove she's faster, and she's a very fast dog. I don't know if you've ever led people like that or circumstances like that or situations like that. The reality is, though, all of us as leaders are going to encounter those moments where we have somebody on the team who doesn't really want to move in a straight line. They they kind of move like a fish swims. They want to go upstream. They want to go against the current. They want to go where they want to go. They kind of have their own mindset, their own ideas, their own impression of the way things ought to be, and they really don't care about anything else. They just want to go. And if you've ever tried to lead someone like that, there are a couple of challenges as a leader that are required to balance the scene. See, the first challenge is, the last thing you want to do as a leader is to squelch the enthusiasm of someone who really has the ability, really has the talent, really has the skill to move the needle in your organization, because the minute you pull that passion out of them, when you push them down, when you suppress them in order to control them, you lose the ability of their passion to infect others. Now, that all by itself can be both a pro and a con. You can find quickly that there are people who have great levels of passion that are misguided and also infectious. And their misguided passions, maybe it's Issues from the past, maybe it's bad relationships that kind of brought into the workplace. Maybe it's relationships they have outside the workplace that they tend to bring work with them. But those passions can be infectious. You've heard me say right here on this program, the only thing more contagious than a common cold is an attitude. Well, passion presents an attitude. It always does. Why? Because an attitude is what you think about how you feel and how you feel about what you think. And passion is an emotion-driven, thinking-driven concept. It's, I think very highly of this ideal, or I really would love to see this project move forward. And the result of that is they will devote themselves to that project or that passion, without regard for the rules, without regard for the impact that it has on the rest of the team, without regard for what's good or bad for the bottom line of the organization. They just want to see their agenda, their passion, their project excel. Now, a leader doesn't want to quelch that passion and zap that enthusiasm and take it away. What we don't want as leaders is a bunch of mind-numb robots sitting around simply following instructions, if that's what you want. Don't hire people, hire robots. If you don't want someone who cares about the people that they're cleaning the floors around, get a Roomba. If you want someone who's putting compassion and concern for other humans into the job that they're doing, then hire a person who's passionate about your building being clean and your floors being spotless. Two totally different concepts. Here's the other side of that, though. Not being able to be firm enough with someone to guide their passions will also present the challenge that we misunderstand their passions. See, every morning when we decide that it's time to get up and go for a walk, if I so much as pick up a tennis shoe, Sandy is ready to leave the house. And she lets me know that because she will bounce around like Tigger Off of the furniture, off of me, off of mom, off of everything in the world, she will bounce around on her little four feet barking as loud as she can until we get to the door and put a leash on her. Now when we get to the door she knows she has to sit still and she will sit still but her little tail still going crazy until the leash is on her and then when the leash is on she wants to yank me right out the front door. It would be easy to train her to not react that way. And the question is, would that be a good thing? Would it be a good thing to force her to compliance until she's lost her enthusiasm for going for a walk? I think the answer is no. Not only is that unhealthy for the dog, but it's unhealthy for me for her to be a lethargic giant furball who just wants to lay at my feet all day. While that's cute and cuddly, it's good for both of us for th- to get up in the morning and go for a walk. It's good for an organization to have people who are passion driven, who will keep the ball moving, so to speak, even when you kind of lose your energy for a project, they're not going to let it go. They are set on this one. They're going to make it happen. But see, the, the same way that I have to keep a short leash on Sandy, oh, it's a retractable leash. It'll go out to 20 feet. But I can promise you this, if she had 20 feet worth of leash, she would be running around every object, every little tree, every mailbox, everything people have set up by the trash cans, every car, every bicycle along the sidewalk. She would have wrapped herself around it three times and we would either be dragging it with us or I would be backing up and walking circles to unwind us. Raise your hand if you've worked with somebody on your team who kind of has the same level of distracted enthusiasm. They get all caught up in the movement moving forward, but they're not moving in a straight line, and so they become a hindrance. Now, I shorten Sandy's leash. I bring it back in until the length of her leash is my arm times two. I give her that much leash because otherwise she will run into me and knock me over when she decides to wander across the sidewalk. I'm still hoping that one day we will be consistent enough together that as I jog rather than walk she doesn't run across the sidewalk in front of me and trip me. That's why little Mocha doesn't get to do that because Mocha will not walk in a straight line. He's an old dog. He doesn't do new tricks. He will not walk in a straight line. He will run all the way around me and the faster I run the more he wraps the leash around my legs. So not going to happen. No jogging with Mocha. But maybe one day I can jog with Sandy. I tell you this because there are times as a leader that you've got to be firm enough to rein in the people on your team who are enthusiastic they're passionate, they're chomping at the butt the bit the bit they're chomping at the bit, not at the butt because that'd be weird. they're chomping at the bit, they're working hard, they're doing everything they can, they are operating at full levels of enthusiasm, they show up early, they work hard, they stay late, they do their job, they do it phenomenally well. And then some. And then some. I remember I was probably 18 or 19, right around there. It was just before I went off to basic training. I had a job at a Safeway. And my store manager would give me these little tasks. Sometimes I would be a cashier and sometimes I'd be a checker and sometimes I'd be a stalker, and sometimes I worked in seafood. And I I was kind of, the only place I didn't work in that grocery store was produce. It's the only place I never worked. But everywhere else, he would come to me. He's like, hey, I need you to do this. And he would give me a little assignment and maybe, you know, take down that end cap and replace it with something else. And a couple of times he came to me and he's like, Lauren, here's what I need you. To, I just need you to do the task. Don't make it a big project. It's not a project. It's a task. Tear down the existing end cap, move all those cans back to the, to the storage room, and then put this new product on that end cap. That's all I need you to do. That's it. Take down the old one. Put up the new one it's not a big project shouldn't take all day i'm not concerned about how pretty it is other than get all the boxes there stack them so they don't fall over and then make sure it's all faced that's it that's all i need you to do i wanted to build castles and displays and all the pretty stuff he's like i, I don't need that i need the cans those gone those here that's it curb your enthusiasm i did eventually went off to the Air Force, and it didn't really matter anymore. But it's really ironic that you think about the number of people who are part of your team, and as a part of your team, they have ideas. And you don't want to keep them from having ideas. You don't want them to be out of sorts because you've squashed them, you've controlled them. I think of the bumpers and the bowling again. You can get them directed in the right direction, But then you got to one day take the bumpers out and let them risk whether they're going to have a gutter ball or they're actually going to make a strike. Every leader is going to face this at some time. It might be about the housing market, it might be about the stock market, it might be about political or geopolitical challenges or changes, things that you can't do anything about, like a supply chain. Uh, I have a friend who's been waiting for an engine to replace the engine in his Jeep for three months now. Uh, There are people who've been waiting longer. There are paths, though, with the right help, with the right insights, that he might be able to get that sooner. But the reality is, there is nobody ordering Jeep parts right now who has control of the supply. It's a supply and demand problem. So, you can wait. You can't control that. Your, your grace and your firmness, not going to do it. But when it comes to an individual within your organization, who's a little bit erratic because they fly off the handle with their passions and they want to go do a project and suddenly they're outside the realm of what you need them to do. You're going to have to both shorten the leash and realize simultaneously, if I curb the enthusiasm too much, I might lose the passion they operate with. I might lose the person on my team. I might lose the passion they operate with. I might lose the person on my team. See, it's real easy for me to think, well, I could, ju- I could train Sandy to just behave herself. I could, I could train her and, and make her get up in the morning and be calm and lay like she is right now at my feet watching me do my thing. I could do that very easily. But the question is, would I have lost the personality? But see, I, I do realize, and my wife and I have giggled about this reality If we had a five-year-old and we told them hey we're going to Six Flags or Disney World or whatever park they wanted to go to they would be acting the same way I know because we raised four of them and when we told them we were going to go do what they wanted to do they absolutely loved it in fact there was a season when our kids were young that we lived in a place that we were part of the community that had a water park and we worked at that water park part-time and so we had access to it whenever we wanted to go and we would often say, they would say, where are we going today? What are we going to do today? I I said, we were just going to go crazy. And unfortunately, over a period of time, they came to believe that going crazy crazy always meant to the water park. And if they said, what's going on today, Dad? I would say, just going crazy. And I'm thinking all the busyness that we have, the things we have to get done. And I would look up five minutes later, and all of them had their bathing suits on. I, I unintentionally trained them to believe that going crazy meant going to the water park. That kind of training can unintentionally happen in your workplace when you tell somebody to just calm down. Just calm down. Just calm down. Last story, I actually had a job in San Antonio, Texas. I left a job to take this job. It was a great opportunity. It was a great move. But I am a very passionate person and not everybody understands that passion. And when I have an idea, I want my idea to be heard, and I love to share my idea. And I was called out in a board meeting for being too passionate about my ideas. Someone actually felt threatened by it. And so he and I and the CEO and a couple of others had a very private meeting, just the five or six of us, and we discussed it. And I was told, just calm down, just just chill. So for the next couple of weeks, I didn't say anything. I came in the door, I got my coffee, I went to my desk, I did my job. I came in the door. I got my coffee. I went to my desk. I did my job. And that was it. And I got called back into the office. This time, just two of us. And the CEO says to me, I had no idea how much your personality impacted everybody in this workplace. But when you went underground, so to speak, the energy level in this building vanished. And there seems to be a whole lot of tension and fear. It's almost like everybody thinks it's coming to an end or something because you're not being yourself. I'm like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to be myself or do you want me to be contained? I was in my 30s when this happened. And I'm going to tell you right now, there are people in your workplace, people that you deal with every day who've been drawn back in their personality because somebody told them just calm down just curb your enthusiasm I want you to be something in totally something entirely different and rather than having the grace to say this is a five-year-old on their way to Disneyland this is somebody excited about the opportunities of the job they have the passion to push this project forward and redirecting them to the right passion maybe shorten the leash a little bit but don't lock them up for it if you put them back in the crate as opposed to letting them have the leash, but giving them a little bit of direction, you're going to lose them. You'll either lose the passion that drives them and the impact that that infectiously has on the rest of your team, or you're going to lose that person altogether because people who operate with passion have very little tolerance for being controlled. I'm just going to tell you that straight up. I know, I are one. I'm also going to tell you, though, if you can direct that passion it becomes like the fire hose nozzle that when it's directed in the right place, it has a lot of power and a lot of force. Directing it might take a little work. It's going to take some effort on your part, leader. But if you can learn to lead the erratic with firmness and grace, you will have incredible people on your team who can make a lot of movement in the direction you want to go. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. Or tell it like it is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.